How does joking around, especially sarcasm, relate to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29? Should Christians use sarcasm, and should they joke around? How should humor be used on this slice of fresh bread? Welcome to Fresh Bread, a podcast ministry of Grace Bible Church Gainesville. Pastor Brandon, Pastor Keith. Well, hi, everyone. Thanks for clicking on Fresh Bread, Podcast 35, Fresh Bread, where we're bringing the truth of God's Word to a starving world. I'm Pastor Keith. He's Pastor Brandon. And today we're going to talk about sarcasm and joking around. And is it a sin? And so as I start the broadcast, I could look at Pastor Brandon and say, Pastor Brandon, that's a wonderful shirt you're wearing. Do they make it for men? (laughs) And then he could look at me and say, Pastor Keith, you look like a bucket of lard on a bad day. What's going on? That's all sarcasm. But is that biblical? Is it a sin? That's what we're going to talk about today. Is should we be goofing around? Pastor Brandon, what do you think? Goofing around. Should we be goofing around? I, You know, okay, I think that, that the Lord has given us a sense of humor, and I think that that is a good thing. Uh, it's certainly one of the things I was thinking through this morning is that in a fallen world, um, I think we do need to be able to make light of things. Because if we if everything is serious all the time, if if everything is you know if we don't you know if you think about being in a war situation, you know that these you know the men tend to joke around in those situations. I mean they're having bombs drop around them and you know even you know serious death and, and serious injury happening around them, and they're joking around. And you know that's that's been a testimony of just about everybody that's been in those situations is that they find the, the, the weirdest things funny in those situations. And I think that that's instructive in a fallen world that the Lord has given us a sense of humor so that we can make light of things. And there's a almost a pressure relief valve that we, that we have in, to enjoy life in spite of or despite, you know, what's going on around us. And so, you know, I think that we can joke around and we can use sarcasm in a, in the right way, understanding that it is a relief valve, and there is something joyful about laughing with one another and that sort of thing. And so, yes, I I tend to joke around with with the guys, and and I tend to have you know to be one who can find some things funny, and you know, and so I I, I tend to have that way about me and around around certain people for sure. And, and I don't, and I think that can be done without being in sin. But just like anything else, I think we can certainly very easily cross the line and get into a situation where it's, it's coarse jesting. I mean, Paul says that, that we need to avoid that and using foul language, using, you know, the, you know, foul ideas and using sinful things and, and making light of them, you know, by using jesting and, and joking around. I think we need to be very careful with that. It's a line we can't cross or shouldn't cross. I know for myself, I don't, I'm not a really joking around guy. I'm very serious. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, but, <laughs> I'm going to have to call you out on that one. <laughs> but, can, but can there be a, a hidden message behind some of the sarcasm? Absolutely. I mean, I, that is the, that is the problem, part of the problem. I mean, there's a, it, there's, this, is a, this is a subject that's very multifaceted, I mean, in terms of language, in terms of how we use language. And yes, I think that sarcasm 
sarcasm can have its place. I, I will say that. It's interesting that even in Scripture, we, we can see sarcasm. I mean, I, I think of, you know, First Kings 18, where Elijah, you know, was at, there at Mount Carmel, and they were going to do this sacrifice. And, you know, the, the 450 prophets of Baal was there, and it was kind of sort of this challenge. And Elijah, you know, said you go first, you know, to the to the 450 prophets. And then there was a part where literally in verse First Kings 18, 27, now it happened at noon that Elijah mocked him and said, call out with a loud voice for he is a God, either he is occupied or relieving himself or is on a journey, or perhaps he's asleep and needs to be awakened. And so, you know, that's that's the use of sarcasm, and we see that in in scripture. You know, in First First Kings uh, eighteen. Also, you know, someone may say, well, Elijah might not have been doing that, and you know, in the right way, maybe he shouldn't have been doing that. But then, but then we see, you know, the in Isaiah chapter forty four verses fifteen through seventeen. Speaking of this man making this idol, speaking of this idol that a man would make, it says, then he, then he becomes something for a man to burn. So he takes one of them and warms himself, and he also kindles a fire. Speaking of the wood that used to make the, make the, the idol, he takes one log and he uses it, he burns it, and he uses it to warm himself. And he kindles a fire to make bread, but he also works to produce a god and worships it. And he makes a graven image and falls down before it. Half of it burns in the fire, and 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 over this half he eats meat and he roasts a roast and is satisfied and he also warms himself and says aha I'm warm and then I've seen fire but the rest of it he makes into a god his graven image and he falls down before it and worships and he prays and says deliver me for you are my god and if you can't see sarcasm in that you know in that description I mean there's a there's sarc it's sarcastic I mean it's one part of the log you're using to warm yourself and and cook food and the other part of the log you're using to to worship. So God is being sarcastic, or Isaiah, you know, obviously the Lord through Isaiah is being sarcastic in that passage. And so, yes, I think sarcasm can have its place um, to get across a truth. And I think that's what we see both in 1 Kings 18 and in Isaiah 44. Didn't our Lord Jesus also use a little sarcasm with the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Yeah, I think so. When he kind of yeah, I think so. I mean, he yeah. he he definitely, as as time went on in in his ministry, you know, was even if you think about it, even the use of parables was is a bit of you know sort of coy. Yeah, you know that he did it because of their lack of understanding, and you know that I think there was a there's a coy nature about that, and I don't, and obviously our Lord is not in sin to do that, and so. And he had a purpose for doing that, and maybe that's the maybe that's the dividing line is that there is a godly purpose and in, in, in showing and using that as a judgment. I mean, that's what Elijah was doing. That's what Isaiah was doing, and so maybe that's the maybe that's where it, you know, is is the line there. I don't I don't know, but I do know that there can be places where sarcasm is is good. So when we read Ephesians chapter four. Verse 29, when Paul says, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for building up what is needed so that it will give grace to those who hear. Does that mean that we should only... I know we just said that 
the Bible uses sarcasm, but when we're talking to our friends or, or even if we're trying to counsel someone, should we always be building our fellow believers up? Well, I think that absolutely. I mean, we definitely, we need to be using our words to build up. And so anytime we use sarcasm, especially in, in the in the midst of the body, I, I, I can't tell you, I mean, I, I, can, I can think of an example where I would use potentially sarcasm. If someone were saying, you know, I, I'm going to go do this thing and this is, you know, and I'm, and I'm justifying it, there's a potential that I could use sarcasm, you know, as a, in a light way to show them that, you know, that that's not what they should do. I mean, I, I don't, I certainly would never want to use, you know, sarcasm that tears down. I mean, I think the purpose for using sarcasm is to maybe, maybe enlighten to help, you know, someone see something that would be a little bit harder for them to see, or is, you know, that they're not seeing on their own. Like an example of talking to someone and trying to get them to see something. Yeah. Like if, if they're, if they're doing something that has, you know, is potentially problematic or sinful, and you use sarcasm to show them, you know, that, that they, that they shouldn't do that. You know, as an example, well, I, I, well, I mean, someone tells you, well, I just speak the truth. I just tell them what, I just tell them like it is, you know, you use sarcasm in some way to show them that that's that, you know, well, look how that's always worked out for you. I mean, kind of, kind of idea, but I mean, you have to be careful when you do that. I would definitely think in terms of sarcasm, I would definitely say, and it, it, within a body of believers, it needs to be something that is very rare, you know, and, and purposeful if you, if it's used, but, and it shouldn't be used, you know, I think it's, I think it has so much potential for hurt and, and damage. I think it has to be limited in its use. And, you know, and, and that's not to say we should, we shouldn't be so thin skinned that, you know, we're, we're walking around trying to, you know, trying to get hurt. I mean, we should be able to able to take you know a uh, joking and, and be in, you know jovial in that way and you know we should we shouldn't be people who have those problems of of being thin-skinned and always taking things the wrong way because we need to we need to be assuming that others are speaking you know in a loving way that they're not you know I need to I need to assume that they don't that they do care for me that they do love me and they do want what's best for me even though maybe something isn't said, you know, maybe something is said in a in a poor manner, I need to have the, I need to have the general assumption that that you know, as an example, you care for me. It's not like I'm. I just I need to assume that what you said was uh, was meant to be hurtful, and I mean that's especially in our marriages, we definitely have to have that, you know, that idea of my wife or my husband, my spouse loves me, and that. Even though they may say something that's hurtful for the moment, it doesn't mean that they that they meant it that way. Even if it came across in a bad way, I need to think of it in terms of the you know that they want what's best for me, and and I need to make that assumption at the at the foundation of my relationship. I see that when we look at Ephesians and it talks about unwholesome. It, so would sarcasm be defined as an unwholesome? Is that even what Paul's meaning there? Well, I think unwholesome. I I get the sense that it's things that are not, you know, if you think about the church at Ephesus, you think about the city of Ephesus and the, you know, I think it was Diana was the goddess that was of sex. And yeah, yeah I mean, so if you think about what 
you know, the, the setting that Paul is in, it would seem historically that he's probably talking about things that are unwholesome, you know, sexual type language, that sort of, it would seem that he's talking about that sort of language and, you know, things that are, that are, you know, what we would call in, in our language, you know, being a potty mouth. Foul mouth, yeah. Yeah, foul mouthed yep. and, and speaking of things that are un, ungodly in that way. Obviously, I mean, he uses the idea of building up. So anything that isn't building up, the, uh, our fellow believers, anything that's that's doing that's tearing them down would be something that we need to stay away from. And so, but specific to unwholesome, it would just seem like that he's talking mainly about sexual innuendo, that sort of stuff. So, uh, is there a difference between sarcasm and satire? Yeah, I. You know, it's interesting because ba- the Babylon Bee would be what comes to mind. Mm, yeah. And using literary devices to to exaggerate, you know, to bring out something that, uh, you know, a truth. It's, you know, using exaggeration or irony or humor to bring out to bring out something that's a that's a truth. And and I think, you know, like the Babylon Bee and, and there are times that I'm uncomfortable with some of the stuff that I read on the Babylon Bee because of because of how they do it. But I think that there is a place for it. You know, that that the Babylon Bee has done a good job of of revealing some of the things that are clear issues in society. I, I certainly chuckle at many of those things and I think it's a I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing for us to be able to laugh at, you know, like things that just don't make sense. Well, I, I saw one the other day from that, and I thought it was real. It said, Governor Gavin Newsom has come out for free speech, and anyone who is against it will be persecuted. <laughs> and I thought, for, at first I thought, oh my goodness, doesn't he realize that? And I realized it was a Babylon Bee, but yeah. I mean, there, the Babylon Bee has been so good at times at like like pointing out things that are that are clearly issues, but then they it's it's it, become basically the news later i mean it's like this it's like this thing that they are able to you know they are able to see which way this thing is going and for whatever reason they're able to bring it out and and i think it's been helpful i think it's been helpful for especially christians to kind of see okay yeah this really is a problem i mean that then sort of wake us up you know that that it's it's funny because you know if you take a if you put a fish in water does the fish know he's in water no, mm. because he's, that's all he ever knows. And so I think that the world that we live in, you know, you talk about satire. I think the world that we live in, I think sometimes we just sort of take things as the way they are and we don't really question it because that's the way they are. But someone who has a good grasp on satire is able to bring those things out, yeah. you know, able to make you see those things through satire. And I think that's, a, that's important in the culture situa- cultural situation that we find ourselves in. I think the Babylon Bee has done a good job, and and it's interesting because because I mean it's not just I mean it's turned it actually started out more as a Christian thing, and I think now it's more political with some Christians scattered into it. But I think it's been good for the society to see it and to to see the problems through satire. There's a good place for it, but there are times that I read it and it and it. It, I think it's cro- crossing the line. I can't think of any examples at the moment where I've where I've struggled with it, but there have been times that I thought I felt like, ah, oh, that's probably crossing the line. But I recognize that the danger you run, you know, in that that sort of that sort of genre. That's where the unwholesomeness maybe comes out. Well, 
I mean, and sometimes I, I, if you cross the line. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, again, I think it depends on your intent in terms of you know what your intent is. I will say that I, I don't know. I think we have to be careful within a body of believers. I think we have to be careful in using sarcasm and using satire within the body of believers that we ought to be. You know, when Paul's talking about using wholesome language or not being unwholesome in your language, I mean, he's speaking specifically of being in a body of believers. And so that doesn't mean, and I'm not saying that we should, that we can change our language when to go outside of the body of believers, but I'm just saying for sure within the body of believers, we ought to be speaking the truth in love. I can see a time for sarcasm. I can see a time for satire, but we do need to be careful, especially within the body of believers that we're doing things, you know, with, with the idea or understanding of loving one another. Do you think there's a difference between how men and women do it? I know you mentioned men, military, sarcasm is used as a stress relief, you know, humor. In sports as well, I've noticed, like when I played a lot of sports, there's always that well, I, I, I can tell you this. I think men use sarcasm, and they use those devices many times to see who they can trust. Mm. Certainly not saying that this is right in a, in a body of believers, but and speaking of a body of believers, but I think in, in those situations like sports and in the military, even on the job, especially high-stress jobs like police work and like fire firefighters, I mean, they definitely use that sort of joking around and biting type of jokes and things like that to call people out, to draw them out. And, you know, the ones who can kind of take it are the ones who end up kind of being, okay, yeah, you can be a part of the team because you you, you get it. Yeah, I can trust you. You're not going to be so thin-skinned that you're going to, you know, that I'm going to have to worry about you when, when, when things are really going, going south. You know, like when we're fighting the fire, I can trust you because I've already been through the fire with you mm. in terms of the language we use, in terms of the joking around that we do. That's a group, that's men, generally men. Generally men are that way. And I'm certainly not saying that that's, it certainly wouldn't be good within a body of believers. Now, I will say that the parallel within a body of believers is being able to speak the truth in love. If I can speak the truth to you, even when it hurts and even when you don't like it and you're not going to run from me, then, you know, that's a that's a test of, of our relationship. So when I tell you that, you know, something that you're, you know, in sin about and you you are able to take that and you're able to consider it and it's not a situation where that runs you away, you know, and, and we can actually have a, a, a discussion about it and, and deal and work through it. You know, that shows you that that shows me that you love me. And so, cause I spoke the truth in love to you and you responded in love. And so that's really the parallel to this joking around that happens in a worldly situation, you know, that sort of thing. When you were a coach at the Christian high school, did you use sarcasm to, with some of the guys, or did you feel like that wasn't the right place? No, I probably did use sarcasm in that, in that situation. Okay. I, I did. I mean, there, there was times that I probably crossed the line, frankly. Uh, you know, but then they've, I've had some of those young men come back and say how much they love me. So I, that's one of those things that, did I always say the right things? Probably not. I mean, I can remember one young guy who I called him the revolving door on the offensive line. That's probably not a good thing. Yeah, that's a, that's not a good thing. <laughs> and you know, he's he's now uh, in the in the army and and has a, a wife and uh, at least one child, maybe two. And I mean, so I, I, I 
was I the nicest to him at that moment? Probably not. But at the same time, I def- definitely love the, the relationship or I'd, I'd love the result of what's happened with him. And I was kind of, I was using that with him in order to, in order to show him that he needed to toughen up. And in that situation, he really did need to toughen up. And I, and the result is, I mean, the young man is now in the army and has a wife and a child and, and seems to be doing he well. Toughened up. He toughened up. So hopefully that, hopefully, even though that might not have been the best use of, of my language to him at the moment, uh, hopefully that, you know the the Lord used that in his life to to toughen him up some. The, the the really good coaches know exactly who to pat on the back and who to give a little kick to. Absolutely, and 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 you know that's a that those are different situations. And the truth of the matter is, is that you know my view of football, and my view of sports in general, is that it's a you know sort of a microcosm for life. And you know some guys do need a kick in the pants, so to speak. I mean, some guys need to be told they're a revolving door on the offensive line. And and I know that that you know, may surprise you know some of our listeners for me to say that, but I but I think that that has to. We have to be able to say those kind of things. But but you know within a body of believers, like I say, I think the parallel again within say Grace Bible Church, the parallel is being able to speak the truth. In a, in a loving way to be able to say, brother, you know, you, you're struggling in this way. There's, I, I'm, I'm seeing potential sin in this way. I mean, you're struggling with your anger, you're struggling with pride, you're struggling with bitterness, you know, that, those things that are, that are, that I see, but being able to see that, say that in love and not, and not using so much sarcasm and so, you know, not using, I can't use sarcasm all the time. It has to be it has to be limited in, you know, specific situations. Yeah, and and I think as pastors we we don't use sarcasm per se to show people their weaknesses. We let the Holy Spirit do that, but we try to speak truth and say, you know, these are things that all men and women need to work on and, sure. and with, with their walk with the Lord. But as sports, it's a it's a I think sports the difference is is because it's it's such a can't really wait a few years. As an offensive lineman, your job is to protect the quarterback. And if you're a revolving door, you're not doing that. And you need to be told that. Yes. And But I think also in sports, sarcasm is also used for the great athletes to kind of keep try to keep them a little humble. by. And I don't know if kidding, we can get into kidding and sarcasm is the same thing. You're kidding someone about, you know, they're so perfect and you want to keep them humble. So you kind of give them the needle a little bit once in a while when they do mess up yes. to keep them humble. Yes. And, I, and it's interesting because, I mean, it, for sure, you know, that, that I've watched a, some videos sometimes of Bill Belichick and, you know, guys like Julian Edelman will talk about him and how he's, how, you know, his tongue and the things that he says. And, you know, and, and certainly I'm not condoning that type of behavior, you know, in terms of it. I think it definitely crosses the line, you know, in terms of the unwholesomeness of it. But I think there is a place for it, especially in sports. But I think even I could see it even in the police, you know, in terms of in fire and military, I can see a place with for that type of sarcasm to sort of draw out people that are that are weak. And I get it. I mean, I, I, I mean, and hopefully show them their weakness. And because I mean, those are difficult situations. I mean, those are, you know, you have life, it's life and death and, and, and it's physical and it's, there's confrontation. And, you know, like, I, like even with speaking of the football offensive linemen, 
you know, in that case, I mean, you could get a quarterback hurt mm -hmm. because he's not doing his job, you know, so to speak. And, and, you know, you, you definitely need to, that needs to be called out and because it's, you're protecting someone, but I'm not condoning the use of sarcasm to hurt, to tear down for sure. In terms of, in terms, especially, especially in the church. I mean, it's just yeah. something that it, it's just something that we have to be very careful of. Now, the question is, you know, using sarcasm as a Christian in those contexts, and that's something that I think again that has to be done prayerfully, and you know, it has to be done in a way that's that isn't being used to tear down, but hopefully to reveal and expose those areas of weaknesses that you know that are, that need to be exposed. And I think that's where we have to be able to speak the truth in love. And there are times, I think, that we can use sarcasm in a way that brings out and, and reveals weakness. But we need to be very careful in our use of sarcasm, and it certainly shouldn't be. It should be something that we sprinkle in, you know, as a, so that it, you know, like if I use sarcasm in a way to, to bring something out, it needs to be something that's so measured and and something that people would say, yeah, that's, you know, that really hit because, I mean, you know, that that's something that, that he wouldn't, he doesn't normally do that. He's not sarcastic as a person. I, The last thing I would want to be known as is sarcastic. I shouldn't say the last thing, but I, I should say one of the last things that I would want to be known as is being sarcastic. I, I I want to be known as someone who speaks the truth. I want to be known as someone who who is straightforward, but in a loving way, you know, who is who is willing to say the hard things, but does it in such a way that you feel like, oh, this guy really cares for me. He really loves me. It's not that he's trying to be harsh on mm -hmm. me, you know. And so, which is obviously completely different than how I was on the football field in terms of you know even the description that I gave. And I, that's that's not the only you know only use of sarcasm that I ever used on the football field, but as a coach, but, but I don't want to be known that way in, you know, within a body of believers. Yeah. And we want people, you want people to come to you and say, I need, I need counseling. I need help. Can yes. you help me shepherd me on this and not be afraid? Like if I go to him, he's just going to make fun yeah, of me. Yeah. He's just going to be sarcastic <laughs> and, and, you know, he's going to just say things that, that are hurtful, yeah. you know, in a way that's, that he's making light of. And, and yeah, that wouldn't be how I'd want to be known. So does does is this what James is warning about when he when he's talking about the tongue is it sort of fall into this category or is James just talking about just tearing people down for being mean because we talked about intent right Yeah well I mean you know it's funny because James actually says in James chapter 1 you know cuz you're I think you're probably referring to James chapter 3 of the tongue Yeah um, but James actually says in in James 1 verse 26 he says that if anyone thinks himself to be religious while not bridling his tongue is deceiving, but deceiving his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. And so, you know, you try to think of, you know, what's going on there that James is addressing. And it, and it seems as though that there are people who are saying things that are not right, that they're saying things to tear other people down in the body. And I, it's hard to know exactly what is being said, we do know that, that the conflict that seems to be going on there is that you have these, these believers who are being persecuted by, you know, James chapter 5, by some rich landowners, and you have some, it seems like you have some people in the middle that are 
that are favoring James chapter two that are showing partiality to these these rich people, and and it's causing conflict within the body of Christ. And so, it would seem like that that maybe those people are defending themselves and are saying things that are against you know others in the body. And so, I think James is calling that out. Putting this together with James chapter two, he's saying you know the faith without works is a dead faith, and you know I think. What's happening there is that James chapter early in James chapter two, you have people who are who who are coming to them and they're trying to they need help and they're being told no, and but they're also that these these people are saying that they are they have faith that and and it seems like that they're probably even saying that they are you know that they're like they they have it all together and I think what James is doing is calling them out and saying you you don't have a true faith and you you think yourself to be religious but you're not you're not even willing to bridle your tongue and in you know in James chapter 3 he talks about them being teachers you know you want to be teachers and then he says the tongue is a fire and so it would seem like that what James is saying is is that you ought not if your life isn't what you what it needs to be, you shouldn't be talking. You shouldn't be. You're deceiving yourself, and and you're speaking things that are not right and not true. And so, and you know, it seems like what James is saying there is that you, what you say, what you do, ought to match what you believe, ought to match what you say. Mm. And if it if those things don't line up, then it's problematic. And I think James chapter two, what he's saying is, is that you probably don't have a true faith. It's probably not even in Christ. Mm. Interesting. So would that, so it would James say that if you have a total sarcastic heart, there's something wrong. Yeah. I think James is saying that the tongue, the tongue is an indication of the heart and which Jesus said the same thing. Jesus being James's half brother, Jesus said the same thing that, you know, that what is in the heart proceeds out of the mouth. You know, basically, James is saying the same thing our Lord is saying. He's asking the question: Yeah, does a does a fountain pour forth from the same opening fresh and bitter water? And so the idea there is that you know, if you if you have a bad if you have a bad heart, if the source is bad, then the water is bad. I mean, so that's the idea that the heart is bad. Then what you're mm-hmm. saying is bad. So the idea there that James is saying is that that he's really calling these people out. He's really calling them out for their lack of faith and their their lack of true faith. And the fact that their works and their tongue shows that they don't have a true faith. It's the source of where it's coming from is the bad. Yes. That's where the bad part is. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So when, you know, so I do, I do think that James is warning us about how we use language. I mean, he's warning us that, that our language betrays what we, what we, where we really are. And if we're using sarcasm in a, you know, to tear people down, that's going to be a, that's going to, that's revealing where the heart's at. So through all that, yes, I would say connecting the Lord, you know, out of the, out of the heart is, you know, precedes these things. And so out of the heart, the, the mouth speaks. And, you know, the idea that James is saying is that, that does a fountain pour forth from the same opening fresh and bitter water. I mean, so the idea there is that the heart is the issue and, and it's the heart from which they, from which they're speaking. And so that's what James is calling them out for. And, and yes, I think when you bring in sarcasm, if I'm using sarcasm to tear people down, I, I think it's exactly what James is talking about. Mm. To wrap this up, as we come to the conclusion, when does humor become sinful? Well, I think that, okay, 
intent definitely has a huge bearing on it. If my intent is to tear someone down, if that's my heart, then it's definitely sinful. Now, I think that there are times when we can joke around and we can say things that are hurtful without intending to. You know, I, I may say something hurtful to my wife and I didn't intend to hurt her. And so I, that is something that, you know, I think we had to be careful of because, you know, obviously we need to be careful. We need to measure our words. But there are going to be times when we, when we say things in a joking manner that are taken wrong. And it isn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily, it isn't necessarily the James kind of what James is talking about. James is talking about your actual speech, what you are saying indicates that you have no faith, that indicates that you're not where you say you are. It indicates that you ought not be a teacher. It indicates ultimately that you're not walking with the Lord. I think that's what James is getting at. But there are times that I say things that are just out of turn. And you know, and, and I need to be willing to, when, I, when that happens and I hurt someone and I find out that I've hurt them, I definitely need, need to be willing to ask for forgiveness and, and I need to be able to, to repent, you know, from those, those things. And I think that's the difference in having a heart that really cares for people, that really loves people, that when I do say hurtful things, I am willing to say, oh, I, I, please forgive me. I, I, I've hurt you with my words and, you know, I, I didn't have an intent to do that but I can see where it would, and I can see where those were careless words. And I think that, that we have to be understanding that careless words, even if they don't have the intent, can be sinful against people, against the Lord, when, I, when I'm careless with my words, and I need to be willing to repent for that. Joking around, especially sarcasm, we answer the question, is it a sin? It, the answer is, what is your intent? Well, I think ultimately it's intent, but I think it also can be, if I'm careless, in terms of using my language, if I'm careless in the way I'm doing things. It's like when, if I would say, does this shirt make me look stupid? And somebody would say, no, your face does. You know, those are all, you, you, if you know they're kidding, it's funny. But Well, and I, and I, I will say, I, I do think that there is a, there can be, you know, as we grow in a relationship with people and we develop that rapport with them, but develop that foundation of love, with someone, you know, I think there probably is more ability to, to speak jokingly with someone in that way. I mean, so I, I, I do, I don't want to, I don't want to sit and go, well, you should never joke around with someone because I mean, that's kind of funny. I mean, it, what you just said, you know, the certain face is kind of funny, but I don't want to, so I don't want to say that that can never, that can never be a characterize our conversations or as, as Christians that we can't have those kind of relationships because I mean, I think that I think that that does show that we love one another at times. It's endearing to one another, but we do need to be careful. I mean, we really need to be careful in using that and how we do it, and making sure that there's trust and and that sort of thing. You know, that that I can really trust this person, and if I know truly, if I know someone loves me, I mean, they can say just about anything that's you know in a joking mm -hmm. way and I'm not going to take offense to it. I'm not going to be hurt by it if I know they love me. And so really, really at the bottom of all of this, at the foundation of our relationship, if there's a foundation of love for one another, it's easier to, to have that relationship of joking around. You know, so we can actually say things, not have to be so worried that I'm going to offend someone or that I'm going to hurt someone in that way. It's like when you tell me that I have a face for radio. I do tell you that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I think you do. <laughs> no, but, but hopefully, but I mean, I need to be careful with that. Right. I need to be careful with that because, because I, 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 I don't want you to, I mean, I'm I, the making fun is, is, a, I mean, I want you to know, I love you. Right. And, you know, and I, I hope that we can both see light, uh, make light of, of ourselves. I think at the end of the day, when it comes to taking it, it really does come down to not taking yourself too seriously, right? If I'm humble, if I have humility, I mean, that's the other side of all of this in terms of joking around. If I have humility and you, and you say something to me like that, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, I, I'm, I'm probably much worse than what they, than, than that. I don't, you know, it's, I mean, I don't think of myself. I don't, make myself I don't think too highly of myself right yeah and so it's easy when I don't think too highly of myself it's easy to go easier to go I I, I want to think the best of them I want to think the best of them that they really do care for me and and it's okay yeah does, does your face hurt today <laughs> no it's killing me <laughs> You've been listening to Fresh Bread, the podcast ministry of Grace Bible Church Gainesville. For more information, go to gracegainesville.org. And thanks for listening.